This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Matchday Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk. Blythe Group. Big enough to deliver, small enough to care. Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So hello there and welcome along to another of the My Golden Game series from Old Gold Club. I'm Mikey Burrows and delighted to say on this episode we're joined by a man who played 179 appearances, 33 goals as well. A big hello to Kevin Doyle, how are you? I'm good Mikey, thanks for having me on. Um, how have you been coping during lockdown and, and everything that's gone on last couple of months? Um, we're well. I'm very lucky. My family. We live out in the countryside, so we've plenty of space, and we. Uh, I breed horses as well um, here. So, happened to be the busiest time of year, lockdown, where all our mares are falling and all that side getting them back in fall is going on. So it was quite. I'd have been pretty much locked down anyway, to be honest with you. I'd have been here, busy, busy, um, looking after them. So it was as normal as I suppose a lockdown could be um, for us. So, um, yeah. Was that was that always something you wanted to go into? I'm always fascinated by what people do after they finish playing. Um, yeah, it would have been like um, growing up. We that's what my dad does. So um, it would have been something I kept an eye on. Obviously, I playing football. I concentrated on football, and and that was just something I looked looked at and knew I would get involved in when I retired. And since I have done, it's been um, it's been something I do day to day. It's, I suppose it was more intended to be a hobby, and it's more like a full-time hobby now. It <laughs> takes uh, a good bit of my time, but I enjoy doing it, which is what uh, I suppose is the main thing. Um, I'm excited to get up in the morning and uh, go out and work with the horses. So, um, yeah. I guess that's important, especially, obviously, the way that you had to retire, I guess, came before you were kind of planning to finish playing. So to have something to give you that drive and, and ambition was important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I suppose, like, as a professional, I would have been always looking at what I'm going to do when I retire. Um, you know, it's stupid not to, I suppose, as a, as a sports person. So, you always that was always in the back of my mind when, when I do retire, I will move move home to, to Ireland and get stuck into this. So, um, yeah, I knew that was probably a year or two before I planned to do it, but um, it was it was something that I had in my mind anyway. So you'd had enough of England? Had enough, yeah, no, well, you know, we we would, we would if I didn't have uh, the horses here to come back, we would have moved back to England. Two of our kids were born in England, so in uh, in Birmingham, so um, they have no problem moving back, no, not at all. And the same when in America, actually, where I loved, lived in Colorado, we loved it, so... Um, we've been lucky wherever I've gone um, over the years. Been, been great areas and uh, some good memories everywhere. So um, it's good. Do you miss it? 
do I miss that? You know, I suppose I'm lucky enough to say I don't. Um, it's easy for me to say I do miss it. It'd be the easy answer. But yeah. you, you know what? I um, I think, you know, I love the horses. That's a passion for me now. So that's, you know, soccer was my passion and this is my passion now. I enjoy going to the odd game. I, I was talking to you off air. I was do some work for Irish television. I enjoy going to the games. And I get actually, you know, um, at an Ireland match, the last Ireland match I was at and, and the national anthem was on and watching the players warm up actually and the smell sort of of the grass was triggering feelings in me that, oh, I'm desperate to be out on the pitch. But that was <laughs> that was sort of the first time I'd had that... Um, had that feeling. Um, I I enjoyed going to the game. I enjoyed going up to Dublin actually with my with my wife, having a few drinks, a bite to eat, watching a game, and just enjoying the game without, you know, the pressure and the stress and the desperateness to win. I suppose. Um, I I miss being fit. I suppose the fitness that professional sport brings. I miss the buzz of games and scoring goals and that side of it. But I had lots of it, and I I know yeah. I had a good career, and it went on a long time. So I'm very lucky, and that's the way I look at it. I don't look back at it thinking, oh, I still love to be playing every minute of every day it's it, it was what it was and um, you have to move on and um, luckily enough I've found something that I enjoy to do post soccer because this series has been really interesting for me listening to people like yourself because you know you play so many games in your career and I don't know whether you're one of these people that kind of remembers all the moments or you have to really think hard but when you get asked to think of just one game out of all of those how hard is that um, yeah, very difficult. I get people ask, "What's your favorite goal? What's your favorite game? Or who's the best defender? Or all this stuff." And I, I, I usually <laughs> just don't know. And if you w- listen to an interview to me, if you were to ask me six months ago, I might have come up with something else. I'd have forgotten and thought of something else. And it all changes. Um, it just happens on the day. What comes into my mind when I'm asked a question? You gave me a little bit of a heads up on this one, so I had a, a, a few days to think about it. Um, but yeah, it. I, you know, I don't have standout favorite games. Where I, I didn't play in a World Cup final or something, you know, really obvious that uh, you go out to my favourite game. You know, I was on, I was, uh, you know, I don't think I was in an FA, I wasn't in an FA Cup, I don't think. <laughs> I, I know I wasn't in an <laughs> FA Cup final. I don't have, um, I suppose, iconic one-off moments, a couple of playoff final stuff, but it still doesn't. To me, I enjoyed, I enjoyed most games, to be honest with you, you know, win or lose. I enjoyed it. It was... It was uh, it was hard to pick one out, but the one I did pick out actually does give me good memories. It was um, it was a fun night. So um, yeah, well, you've gone for the twenty third of March, twenty ten, West Ham away in your first season, the first season in the Premier League. What is it about that game and that night that triggered your memory? Um. It was an important game, I think, for us. It had been delayed. I remember that because of I think it was cold weather over Christmas or something. The game got put back. And it was, a, it was a big game for us in a relegation fight, whether we were going to be in one or not. Um, you know, they were close to us in the league. Um, I think it was a TV game, and it was a bit, it was a bit of pressure on it. And we went into it um, and put on one of our best performances of the season, I think, under pressure that season, um, away from home. Because West Ham were struggling as well, weren't they? West Ham yeah, West Ham were struggling as well. It was a sort of a six-pointer. And, um, yeah, I just remember it being a good performance. I remember sitting on the bus afterwards and everyone just been in a good mood, knowing we were pretty much after getting ourselves out of a relegation battle by winning that game. Um, and knowing we put in a good performance. 
live on probably Monday night football or whatever it was, um, and just playing well. You know, it was the, the first season for Wolves back in the Premier League, and that was sort of one I'd say where the, the club put on performance. We felt sort of like we belonged there. Um, and from a personal point of view, I scored a goal and played quite well in the night. So um, all those things add up, I think, to to make it one of my um, highlights. But more the fact it was a pressure game and we played well, as simple, as simple as that. Did you ever feel the pressure? Was that something that came into your thinking pre-game? Um, yeah, I, I would have. Like, signing up for Wolves, I felt a great deal of pressure. It was a responsibility on me. Um, you know, it was a big fee at the time. So, and, and I didn't mind that because I always felt in my career, whether whatever it was, if I was under pressure, I played better. When I wasn't and I was, you know, more comfortable, I didn't. So I think that's the same with all sports people. Pressure creates, responsibility creates um, an adrenaline that fuels you. So um, I, I, I preferred feeling under a bit of pressure to be honest with you so um but i would have definitely felt pressure signing for wolves um felt pressure playing for ireland felt pressure moving to america so yeah all along and, and i think that's just normal i would say everyone would say the same thing i think you'd be lying if you said you never felt under pressure um it's what i don't know for me anyways what motivated you what made you train harder train make sure you were always in the right shape or as much as possible so and gave you that adrenaline to play so it's about know, how you handle it then yeah, exactly. How you handle it, if you're aware of it. When you're younger, it's a bit more difficult, but if you're aware of it, it's actually a good thing, a nervousness and an adrenaline before a game. I always say that if I'm asked to talk to young people now about what they expect and stuff, and a little thing, you you know, when you're young and you're maybe 89, 20, the nerves before a game can be massive, and you'd like, you nearly hope to get injured that you didn't have to go on the pitch. Um, <laughs> But, you know, to realise that that nerves are, are actually a really good thing if you can control them and f- use them as your fuel, that adrenaline um, gives you an extra half yard of pace, gives you gives you a little bit of strength. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was something I, I would have, I was supposed to become more aware when I got to 21, 22 to, to use it right. Is it something about kind of the role you played as well? Because, I mean, a lot of the time you were up there on your own and you were so important to the way that, or it felt like you were so important to the way that Mick wanted that team to play, that if you had a good game, the team was going to have a good game. If you didn't, then it was going to be hard. Is that fair? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's fair on the other lads. I'm not sure. I think the other lads playing well would have helped me have a good game too. But um, but you had to work awfully yeah, hard was, for everybody was, else. Uh, our style of playing, the way we played, it was... it was. But you know what? Again, talking about responsibility, I, I actually enjoyed it, embraced it. I didn't feel hard done by or anything like that, playing up front of my own. It was the way football is going as well, one striker. You know, when I signed for Wolves, it would have been taught, I suppose it would have been me and Ebanks or me and Andy Kyo or whoever... Um, me and Chris Uluma or whatever combination we were going to play 4-4-2 but very quickly we changed to a 4-5-1 um, that season and, and most teams did football evolved 4-3-3 4-5-1 was becoming more difficult for us to play so I ended up being up front um, and my role I suppose changed a little bit as you know with a left reading the season before after scoring a lot of goals in a 4-4-2 to you know being a more we're still getting a few goals, but you're you're a centre forward now. Um, a winger is expected to get nearly as much goals or more than a centre forward. So you're more you're involved in all around play, and I enjoyed it. Enjoyed the pressure of it. Enjoyed I enjoyed the battles with centre halves. You know, I really loved winning. You know, holding the ball up, bringing people into play that side of it because it was the side of the game that I hadn't sort of had to use. Um, so it was known I could do another string to my bow. I suppose at the time I felt well. It's in, you know, there's a lot of responsibility, and I, I, I enjoyed that. You know, that um, 
you know, goal kicks, everything's aimed at me. You know, a lot of our stuff had to come through me. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I um, I suppose I enjoyed it. And then I was fit enough and strong enough to be able to cope with it. And uh, I went through that season, I think, injury, or pretty much injury-free. Um, plenty of miles on the clock at the end of it. But, um, I, you know, I, I was in good form, in good form for my country, for Ireland as well. So... Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good season that first season for Wolves back in the Premier League and my first season at the at the club. Well, that's the thing because you know, look, I mean, look, you we've spoken a lot when you were playing at the club, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your backside on this, but like you kind of had, you know, up until then, I think most people would have envisioned a lone striker as being kind of that big, like Andy Carroll type, who's gonna you know batter and get involved and stuff. But you not only had to win stuff in the air, but kind of chase after your own flick on a lot and and also run wide and a bit like Raul Jimenez is now it was just kind of that all-encompassing thing was the first time I'd really seen that yeah and again I just I enjoyed it I enjoyed you know like when I was younger I played centre midfield I played everywhere um and I enjoyed I I got I personally used to get bored up front so the fact in that role I got to be out wide dropping in I literally could Mick was very gave me a I was a lone striker but it gave me a free role to, you know, just go everywhere and run around and try cause havoc, try hold the ball up, bring people into play. It was no set. I had to be here, there, or wherever. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it felt like you were, I was involved in everything. Um, in, instead of, you know, for a number of years, you would have been a centre forward and you just stand in the box and wait for everyone else to, to, to put it on a plate for you. Um, I felt getting stuck in, enjoyed it. So just like playing football. Um, you know, and even I play five aside now once a week to, um, to keep myself fit and have a bit of fun and get a touch of a football. And it's the same. I'll run, I, you know, I just like going everywhere. It's just the way my uh, uh, my way of being involved. It wasn't all, you know, I love scoring goals and everything, but I, I enjoy setting up or being involved in the, the dirtier side of it as much, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, um, yeah, that, that suited me that season. Because your goal in this game comes from kind of running down James Tompkins and forcing the mistake really yeah um, yeah I haven't looked back on it beforehand but I do remember it um, I've probably seen that on the highlights anyway um, but yeah it was uh, it was I think their centre half I think Richard Searman before the game had actually given me a pointer to close him down um, someone had in my head it's Richard Searman had said he'll take a chance on the ball or something along those lines and I remember seeing him on it and thinking I'll have a go at him here because um, he looks comfortable on it but um, I'd been given that little tip so I did I won it off him and um, got sort of true on goal at an angle and, and managed to managed to finish it because as a striker when you're in that position and you kind of ping it right into the bottom corner is there an extra satisfaction that comes from that kind of finish um yeah i suppose because it was a tight angle um thinking back on that and he probably it was a much better chance of not scoring it than scoring it and i just got a sweet connection on my left foot as well which actually i scored probably my better goals even though it's my weaker foot my better goals probably not my left foot i probably end up getting a cleaner strike on it with my left foot i concentrate more so um it was um it was the only place I could score. You know, I was put in that bottom corner at pace and it, it zinged in. Um, and it was like, just, I don't know if this is true or not, but my memory of it is silence in the ground. Um, Wolves fans were at the other end, I think. Yeah. And uh, having sort of nowhere to celebrate because a bunch of angry West Ham fans in front of me. <laughs> so, um, but I think we'd been playing well up to that point. The goal was sort of coming. Um, again, it was, uh, it was, it was, 
you know, I said it was so important that game. So it was more of a relief to score and get one up and, and a pressure relief than, than the joy of, I think, scoring a goal. And finding the bottom corner is exactly what Ronald Zubar did as well, which is a brilliant yeah. finish. Yeah, Zub's all the way up there. It's like Matt Doherty now. Um, Zubar was a lovely fella. Um, I really liked Ronald and he sort of signed as a centre half but I think he was playing full back in that game yeah. I presume and he used to get forward he wasn't as tidy on the ball maybe as Matt Doherty but he was as energetic and, and he loved to get forward and that was a fantastic finish I can't remember the build up to it or whatever but I just remember him having a straightening in Zubar um, what are you doing but um, the great. I think actually in that game Kevin Foley nearly scored a really good goal as well he hit right into the angle of the crossbar from a um, from a move of ours um, he was playing right wing so Zubar right back and Foles right wing so we we felt fairly defensive but um, it was uh, it was a good goal from Zubar that night I think maybe Kev Foley assisted I'm not sure I can't remember and the the Matt Jarvis one I guess is kind of one that from a fan's point of view is because it was that kind of classic breakaway cut them open through the middle again finding the bottom corner like to be in that bigger game to have that kind of lead it's massive, isn't it? Yeah, it was. That's when you can enjoy it, and you see. It. I've pictures of Matt running into the fans, but maybe it didn't happen, or running up right up to the edge of the crowd. Maybe that didn't happen. I can't remember, but yeah, that's in did. my mind. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I have of it, and and just a sense of we've won this game now. Um, that's the icing on the cake. Pressure off. Lovely goal, breakaway goal, and Matt lovely finish on it. And he was really starting to play well at the time as well. Number of players were starting to really get their feet in the Premier League just around then, and um, that was sort of really beginning for Matt I think that game and he went on for the next few years played really well so um, yeah that was that was the ice on the cake and we could enjoy enjoy the game rest of the game because it, it it's a weird one isn't it in the way that it turned out that you won that game and then didn't win for the next six but it, not, it, it, yeah I mean there was four draws in okay. amongst it but it's like that that win was enough it was it was such a even though it was March, it felt like yeah. a pivotal time to get that win. Yeah, it was. Instead, we, we felt the pressure going into that game. We'd been in a, I think, looking back, we'd been under a bit of pressure thinking about it. We'd, we'd had the um, make a change, the whole 11 for the FA Cup and stuff, and there'd been a bit of stress around the club regarding that, I think, with Steve Morgan and Mick, and everyone was just a bit tetchy, and that game sort of just got us all over that, and... Um, you know, we'd had you know, been a few games between the FA Cup and then, but that was just another game. You know, we we're going to stay up, and we sort of been proved right, I suppose. Um, Mick, Mick used Mick was seemed quite early. I just remember sitting on the bus afterwards, everyone buzzing, everyone happy, and it felt like we were safe. Um, so, you know, an important first season for Wolves, and that first point when you think, right, we've, we've we're we're going to stay up now is is a is a nice feeling. I remember thinking that sitting on the bus afterwards. Well, I mean, obviously then the the following season you had to have the incredible drama of the yeah. final day and then it just didn't really work from there on in. No, unfortunately not. And it looked like like we it just didn't work out. We we um unfortunately went downhill. Um and it looked like we'd signed some good players and it just didn't all gel. A few things went wrong, I suppose all been documented plenty of times and talked about. There's no point in dragging up old wounds now, but unfortunately it didn't. It was disappointing because we were you know, the club was building quite well and the training and everything, the stadium was being developed and I felt like we were on the way up and unfortunately it uh, bit us in the bum and it wasn't the case but you know it's a, uh, water under the bridge now they're 
back, Wolves are back and better than ever. So, um, you know, it's forgotten about, I think. And, and um, you know, it was, it was a good couple of years while we were there. Yeah, because how do you view it now, especially seeing what the team have kind of gone on to achieve bouncing back from it all? Um, how do I view it? What do I view I, um like Anton, I would I would have preferred not to have been relegated and uh, to go through. You know, I think what did we have? Mick, Mick, um, Terry, Connor, Stolas, Solbach, and Dean Saunders and Kenny Jacket. Five managers in probably about fourteen or fifteen months. It was mayhem in the end. It was just um, you know it was it was gone beyond the joke, I suppose. So it was it was tough at the time. But looking back on it now, it's not the end of the world. No one died. The club come back out of it in a healthy place I suppose the way you look at it I put in the course of a long career you've ups and downs and it's actually quite it's quite good for you as a person to, to grounding to go through that's not all good times and you have to mm-hmm. deal with the bad and the good and you just get on with it and try to hold your head high and, and work hard and as long as you can do that there's nothing else you know you could have could have done about it you just try your best and um, ideally you'd prefer it didn't happen but it did and move on because just finally, the one last thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I hope someday when coronavirus isn't around and we can get you to Molyneux and do a, a full episode of Old Gold Club, because yeah. one of my one of my fondest memories um, is the the game where you make your comeback from your loan spells, and the noise around the stadium when you were going to come on. I think it might be Rotherham or someone. We were we were winning comfortably. Right. And I, I, I think you hit the post, and I've never wanted someone to score as much as I did in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I. That was one thing I always felt a good relationship, I suppose, with Wolves fans, and I never, you know, I never got abuse or anything like that. You know, everyone, I suppose, still wanted me to do well. I went away on loan and came back, and I got a great reception when I came back, and that's always nice. Um, I sort of left the club on a good note, which I think is important. It's never nice to leave anywhere on a bad note. And I remember, I, I don't know who we played against, but I do remember that moment. And I was thinking, I was half thinking, and I wonder will I get, like, I could go either way or I could get a, be- a boo or, or whatever, but I got a great reception and that was nice because, um, you know, it's a, you're a human being at the end of the day and, you know, you don't, um, I tried to do nothing to upset Wolves or any fans, any club I was at in my time, tried to, to do my best, whether my performances were crap or not. It wasn't for lack of effort um, so it was nice that I suppose uh, in my mind anyway Wolves fans appreciated that and gave me a nice reception um, because I've been away for a good while at that stage I think and to come back and um, yeah it, I, you appreciate that as a player I do anyway I did um, and it you know it's a simple thing like that but it makes you like a club more makes you want to do well for a club makes you want to in the future now look back at Wolves and, and want them to do well and um, it's an important thing I think Thanks for listening to the Old Gold Club powered by Blythe Group If you liked what you heard please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.